Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and analysis on the internet. That's right, HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Cool. We are, what, two days into the season now? Three days into the season uh, Day now. three. It's day three. It's the last opening games for a couple teams, but it's only day three. Um, and we've already gotten a handful, maybe even more than a handful, of fantasy-relevant injuries. Um, Jimmy Butler missed the first game, right? Enos Cancer's out now. We got some longer-term injuries to talk about. Um, it's been a usual opening to the season, but... I feel like some of the teams might be feeling like your season's wrecked already. And I, I definitely want to caution against that. Like, there's still a lot of time. Um, even if you lose your first week, you lose your first week 8-0, 9-0, and still make the playoffs. Um, so so don't Do don't not panic. Pan- Once again, do not panic. I mean, like, there's there's a lot of weeks, depending on how many weeks your, your season plays, right? I won't say an exact number because some people play all the way to the end of the regular season. You know, some people cut it off two weeks before that. Some people cut it off three. So, um, but there is more than 20 weeks in the, in the usual fantasy season. Right. So uh, yeah, there's one fine, right? Not that big of a deal. Do not worry. I would really hesitate playing in a league that only that played less than 20 damn weeks. Like what's, What's the point? That's before like the All Star break. I'm pretty sure. Like that's we're pretty close to the All Star break. Like that doesn't make any sense. I know a lot of people bitch and moan about the playoffs being uh, honestly the last two. You can cut the last two weeks, maybe two and a half weeks at most. People, uh, including superstars, are still playing down the stretch for um, almost every single season. Almost every single superstar. Um, there's going to be people sitting all year long. So play in a real league that goes most of the season, if not the whole season, or get in a roto league where you got 82 games to play, get a games limit on there. That's the real way to play. But Tyler, you're, you're hundred percent, right? It's been a very eventful day three. Um, kind of a strange start. There's, there's really not been any particular player, maybe other than PJ Washington, who's like fl- going to fly off the waiver wire charts uh, I'm sure a bunch of people go pick up uh, Danny or excuse, yeah Danny Green, who I predicted to be the the number one waiver wire pickup after night one because Danny Green basically wasn't drafted in hardly any leagues and is going to be a top 100 player. He's not going to be as good as he was in that first game, but he's definitely going to play 30 minutes. Definitely going to be a top 100 player. But we got we got some business to take care of. And if you are subscribed to the podcast, which I would guess that you. Are, since you're listening to this right now, you will notice that earlier today we got a quick hit out there when the uh, Marvin Bagley, the third injury, who's going to be out for four to six weeks, uh, when that hit, we tried to get um, a quick reaction to that. So if you want to hear our reaction to Marvin Bagley, go back and listen to that. Our quick hits are going to be part of exclusive content to Patreon subscribers at patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Uh, but it is free right now to everybody for the first two weeks of the season. And, hey, you got lucky. There was a quick hit. And, actually, there's been a couple quick hits um, already this uh, beginning of the season, already in week one. 
So if you want to listen to that, go back on this podcast feed, listen to it, or go to patreon.com slash watching the boxes. That is a new feature uh, that we are doing this season, Tyler. So we're not going to talk about Marvin Bagley, but we do have to talk about the big hitter here. Uh, DeAndre Ayton suspended 25 games for testing positive, not for steroids, but for something that um, is commonly used to mask steroid use, Tyler. And I mean, we we don't know that much about the situation of of what he was using and and why he was using it, and so I'm not going to make any judgments about that, right? Um, it stinks. He was probably your third round pick, maybe your second, maybe your fourth if you got really lucky, or you're in a pretty shallow league. Um, it's not ideal, but you're definitely not like dead here. Like I, I wouldn't. I think some people are panicking, like, "Oh, my season's over. I got DeAndre," and like. Not really. Um, so assuming that he this 25-game suspension starts right now and is not reduced, um, the the Players Association is going to try to um, appeal it through arbitration. Um, there is the possibility, according to Woj, that that penalty could be reduced or rescinded. Um, I'm assuming the suspension starts, though, in the Suns' next game. Um, so he would be... Yeah, so, I mean, he's probably not going to play for at least a hot minute, right? And um, we have no idea, right, if they're going to reduce the suspension in any way, shape, or form. But, I mean, even 25 games, like, are you really – I mean, like, you're you're not in a great position and maybe you want to try to make a trade or something, but I wouldn't, like, panic panic and, like, ooh, I'm going to blow up my team in a dynasty league or, you know, just quit setting my roster because, you know, he's going to be back in, what, December-ish, January-ish? Like, he's not going to be out, like, super, super long. He'd be back December 17th. So I feel like there's still a ton of weeks left on December 17th. And what you really got to do if you're in a, in a head to head league um, where it's like, you know, the ones where instead of it being like one zero every week, it's, it's the categories, right? So it's like, you know, you beat me five to four, you've got to try to, to pinch categories as much as possible. And, you know, you got to step up your streaming game. And I, I don't think I'm dropping eight in like December 17th. I got to, oh, no. I don't think you can put them in your IR though. So you basically just have to hold him on your bench, which is an ideal, but that's that's probably what you're gonna have to do here. And you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's gonna get an IR spot. That's a really good point. Uh, I'm not sure how that is normally handled in uh, whatever league, wherever you're playing. So you know, feel free to uh, mass tweet and or mass email the people who run those leagues to, especially if you're an eight and owner to uh, get them to allow you to put DeAndre Ayton in the IR. That would be fantastic. I'm almost positive in both Yahoo and Fantrax, if you get suspended, you cannot go in the injured reserve spot because you are technically part of the Suns still active roster, so you are part of the active roster in your in your fantasy league. The only way you might be able to get around that is if your league has like minor league spots. Um then I don't know because like you're obviously not part of the the like uh active people on game day so you might be able to get away with that I'm not sure how that works but um yeah you're just gonna be without him and here's the reality like your team you know it's not like your first round pick and you know if you just stream some guys you know maybe stream some guys for DeAndre and three pounds 
you know, streaming some guys for points the other days. Um, I think you can you can still win a few weeks probably against some of the weaker teams in your league, and you got to just try to win you know two, three, four categories against some of the stronger teams in your league, and then you know when you get DeAndre Ayton back, you're ready to roll and you can you know make the playoffs still. So don't give up, and and you just gotta you know try to do the little things and keep picking up guys and keep streaming in and keep trying to make the best of it. This is not an ideal situation, obviously, but you're not out of it. it this is probably maybe. Actually, I would say I would rather it happen now after game one than halfway through the season, you know? So you're going to have to weather the storm, but uh, Aiton is going to come back probably before Oladipo, maybe even before Paul George. So it's not the worst case uh, scenario. Uh, we could, he might get an appeal. So if you are if you got Aiton on your team, this is not a time to um, sell low. Because that's exactly what people people are going to do. But a majority of the people out there do not have Aiton on their team, and I actually think this is a good time to buy low on Aiton because there's going to be a lot of people panicking. A lot of people panic in the first week anyway. This is a legit reason to really reevaluate what what you got going on instead of letting it wait out. Um, and I was trying to think of someone I might offer for DeAndre Aiton just to get a buy low, and I'm thinking. I'm actually not sure if I would send someone like Thomas Bryant for DeAndre Ayton because you're still going to have to eat in that 25 games of DeAndre Ayton. But I think anyone that you would consider ranked below Thomas Bryant, I think is a good use of like, you know, close to maybe like one of your last starters into that bench area. If you could, you know, sell the guy who has Aiden on, be like, Hey man, I got a big, uh, I, I was going to say, um, Enos cancer, but apparently Enos cancer is out as well. But like, if you could kind of give, convince them that you're giving them a, a, a better than replacement stopgap for DeAndre Ayton's 25 games to kind of make them feel better. And you might actually have to like maybe push into uh, someone you might've taken in the seventh round ish. You might be able to get back a second round pick that you just have to wait on. And then you're going to have a second round pick sitting on your team coming off the bench here uh, in mid December. Yeah. Um, that's, that's obviously all uh, very, very good advice. Um, let's just, let's just throw out a few bigs. Um, that maybe you want to um, trade for DeAndre Ayton. Um, I will go to our trusty hashtag basketball rankings and look for some men that maybe we want to trade some for DeAndre young Ayton. men. Uh, um, how about I, I? you have Jonas Valanciunas. Would you move Valanciunas for DeAndre Ayton? I don't think I would. I think, I think that's maybe a little too high. Ooh, that one actually I'm a little bit interested in just Jonas is going to also have a slow start just coming back from injury and uh you know maybe you a, a week or two of games where you're not really getting prime Jonas anyway so I'm actually a little bit more interested in that in Jonas than I would be someone who's healthy right now like Thomas Bryant um so I would say like uh depending on how deep your league is if you're in a more shallower league and you can pick up somebody off the waiver to uh uh, to or stream more rebounds and points, maybe. But um, I, I would try to I would try to swindle a little bit lower than that. Montes Sabonis. No, I th I think I want to wait on him. Uh, he's going to be playing heavy minutes. Montrez um, Harrell. 
Oh, that that could be a good one because he had a nice little start. And Montrezl Harold's going to be pretty good. DeAndre is just way way better, and you probably got Harold pretty late. So unless you're struggling for big man stats right now, and you're going to lose weeks because you got rid of Harold, uh, I would do Montrezl Harold. I'd send him. It comes out 66th in hashtag basketball's rankings. Um, Hassan Whiteside. Definitely. And then, you know, we're we're down to guys below that. We're looking at, like, you know, the JaVale McGee's, the Kevon Looney's, you know, those guys. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great strategy. Obviously, you have to sit on him for however long, right? However long that, that Aiton, you know, misses, whether it's 20 games, whether it's 25. But, you know, if you're looking at someone like Montrez Harrell, like, Aiton's value is just so much better. Um, on a per game basis that I would, I would love to make that move. Um, obviously you have to have a pretty strong team to begin with. Like, you know, you can't, can't mortgage your, your team to, to make the move for Aiton. But yeah, if I'm going to trade someone who's like, who's like ranked outside that, you know, in that kind of, as you like to say, right. You know, that plateau where everybody is very similar from like 60 to a hundred, I can trade one of those guys in there for, uh, DeAndre Ayton, who's who's kind of a game changer in that third round, I'd love to do that. Yeah, second plateau guy is is definitely what I'd be shooting for, especially someone with maybe a little bit of upside, Jared Allen. Um, maybe someone really likes the the Warriors, and we're going to talk about them, like Kevin Looney. Um, I think they're it, it's worth um, trying, it's even especially if you're flush with big men. You'd be like, oh, I already got plenty of big men. I don't need DeAndre Ayton. Well, if you're flush with big men, get a crappy one, send get DeAndre Ayton back, and then you could trade some of your better big men for better guards and forwards, and then replace them with Ayton. It's like this is the game within the game. This is you got to exploit um, opportunity when it arises, and this is not a great situation for a lot of people, but uh, it's a good situation for people who do not have Ayton. Um, I want to look at the um, Phoenix Suns here, and do you think that there's any um, value? I mean, there's definitely going to be some value change. Do you, th- you think there's any standard league relevant value change? Um, my, you know, thought process is that Dario Saric is probably going to get a few more minutes. Aaron Baines is going to get uh, more time out there, and Aaron Baines can be uh, standard league relevant in good minutes. So, uh, d- would you pick anybody up um, on the Phoenix Suns that might not be rostered right now? Oh, it'll be interesting to see where they go with this. Um, in this sense. Sarich is still kind of ramping up, and, and the whole reason he only played 21 minutes in that first game, um, besides the fact that it was a blowout, was he's kind of on a, a pitch count, a minutes limit, because you know he was injured for um, a while there during the preseason. So I don't know that they want to super throw him out there for you know 30, 32, 34 minutes um, right away. Right. So now, you know, maybe they're kind of trying to ramp him up. So that might be like a week or two. Um, but obviously, I think he takes the the lion's share of that minutes. I think Baines has got to play. Uh, the new thing is they don't really have another center after Baines, right? Like Baines Unless is you want to play Frank Kaminsky. Yeah, so um, I think you could actually see in the in certain matchups, you know, Baines playing a, a good amount of minutes. The problem is for Baines, he never really scores much and he doesn't really assist much. And he's not a, a fantastic shot blocker. So he's mostly just a rebounds guy um, when he plays a lot of minutes, which is, is fine. Yeah, he kind of goes from a guy that I'm not even thinking about to a guy that I might stream. Yeah, and that's that's fine. Like, if he's playing big minutes, go ahead and stream him. Um, 
it'll be super interesting to see. And the Suns team maybe, you know, just got significantly worse because they just they're really light on big men now. Like they have Sarge. They're gonna end up playing Chick Diallo and Frank Kaminsky and, and Baines, and, and I'm not super interested in any of those guys. Um they are much more equipped to handle an injury kind of in the backcourt or, or on the wings than they are in the front court. And so him missing twenty five games is going to uh, hurt that team a lot. Yeah, if if Sarich is not uh, rostered in your league, I might take a flyer on him. And if uh, Mikel Bridges is not rostered in your league, I might take a flyer on him in this situation, depending on who you would drop. I think both of them have the ability to take some of those minutes, take some, uh, uh, maybe they go uh, just run kind of small uh, in order to make up for the next 25 games. And um, those two, I think, are the most fantasy. They have the most fantasy value and the most potential to be worth rostering in the next twenty-five games. I'm with you there. Let's go to um, real quick, just to just to clean up shop. Uh, Butler out one game. I don't think that's a big deal there. Nick Batum out. Sounds like three to four weeks. Uh, he's not standard league relevant, but do you think his minutes really go anywhere significant? Well, I mean, I think they're just going to play P.J. Washington. So um, we saw P.J. Washington have a, fir- a good first game, and I think it was kind of between those two a little bit, um, four minutes. And, and obviously Marvin Williams hasn't been playing uh, a ton. So um, obviously Batum only played 11 minutes. So I think they're going to go with Bridges. They're going to go with Washington in kind of those, you know, three, four forward spots. And, yeah, I mean, like, if you, if you want one of those guys, pick them up. Um we could see the very uninteresting Michael Kidd girl Chris sneak into the rotation now. Oh, no, no, Tyler, no. Well, they might just decide to play either Hernan Gomez or Bismack Biombo, right? Like, that's a, it's a possibility. Um, I hope but so. I look for them. I mean, they look like they're committed to rebuilding, right? So they gave big minutes to Washington, to Bridges, to Rozier, to Bacon, to Zeller. And I don't really see that changing. We talked about the Devontae Graham thing yesterday. I mean, he's another young guy. Maybe they start throwing him some minutes. Uh, maybe they just throw more minutes to Malik Monk. They don't seem like they want to play those those good veterans that we know what they are, though. They want to play the the young guys they got, and, and good for them. And um, obviously that's going to create some growing pains because, you know, young guys some struggle. That's the, the disadvantage of being young. But – uh, yeah, I mean, I'd pick up Washington if Bridges. I mean, Bridges was drafted in pretty much every league, unless you're in a super, super shallow league. Um, he looks fine. Dwayne Bacon, I mentioned him yesterday. Like, he's a fine pickup. I think he's going to get shots. So, yeah, Cody Zeller, like another guy, going to get rebounds. Uh, always kind of underrated. Usually a decent shot blocker. Um, when he's getting big minutes, his problem is he he struggles to stay healthy. But I, I guess fun. I didn't. I didn't expect Charlotte to be uh, one of the top uh, front runners for having the most players in the top 120, but certainly could end up that way. Um, with- if, if, if the coach keeps playing the rotations where all the starters get, you know, 30 to 35 minutes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the key. Right. And a lot of the coaches don't do that. A lot of the coaches have one or two starting spots where, you know, one night it's this guy plays, you know, 28, and the next night it's the other guy plays 28. So if Charlotte's going to stick with those those kind of five guys, then all five of those guys are probably worth at least streaming in your standard league. 
Uh, yeah, and uh, Enos Cater, it looks like he's only going to be out for a couple games here. I don't really think there's uh, too much value here unless you're streaming. Uh, maybe a Grant Williams, perhaps. Uh, maybe a Sime Ojale. And I don't really feel like oh, maybe no. Grant Williams. Come on, Mike. It, it's going to be Robert. It's going to be Robert Williams, or it's going to be Daniel Tice. I mean, one played ten minutes, the other played eleven minutes. I'm assuming that they're playing a, a, a couple teams that that play bigger. Um, those are the two guys they like to play at center. Um, obviously, you're hoping you're hoping Robert Williams gets the minutes because you know he's shown to be kind of a good per minute guy, and if he can, you know, block a few shots and and rebound the ball, that's that's a decent stream. Um, I just think they're going to split the baby between those two. Plus, like, they're going to just go super small like they did kind of in the first game a little bit. Um, and, you know, run Marcus Smart and Kemba Walker and Jalen Brown and, you know, all that. So um, I wouldn't super be interested in either one unless it's just a stream. And I, I think Robert Williams is the guy, you know, if the deeper league, whatever, you stream him, just hope he can block a few shots, get some rebounds. That's the only guy who could be fantasy relevant with minutes there. I just don't, I really don't think he's going to even get a ton of minutes, even in this particular situation. They might, they might just give it a go. So I think it's worth taking a shot on, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see um, if you're going to take a swing, if you have room to stream or have room to take a flyer on the end of that bench, go with Robert. They're playing Toronto um, on Friday night. And obviously Toronto's, you know, going to play Gasol and they're going to play Serge Ibaka. And they're going to play Pascal Siakam. So they're going to be playing relatively big. And I don't see how Boston matches up without playing some of those bigger guys. So, so yeah, let's go to the tonight's slate of games. There's only three games here. Uh, and let's start with the first game for the Atlanta Hawks against the Detroit Pistons. And this was a very interesting game. Uh, Trey Young caught on fire in the first half and then cooled right off in the second half. Does anything stand out here on this uh, Atlanta Pistons game for you? Um, we saw another not great rotation, right? We saw, you know, Cam Reddish got 20 minutes, Hunter got 25, Len got 24, Dwight Parker got 23, you know. We saw a lot of splitting the minutes, which isn't great. Um, I think we know what John Collins is. We know what Trey Young is. Um, I'm not really super interested in picking up any of the guys, I think Alex Len is is worth a, a stream or maybe a back end roster spot um, in a standard league. Just think he he's proven he can he can block shots and get a couple steals and rebound the ball well enough. But even in like twenty five to twenty eight minutes, he's you know kind of in that standard league class. Other than that, for the Hawks, I mean, yeah, I'm writing off most of these other guys. Like you want to own Collins, you want to own Trey Young, the rest. Kevin Herter, I think, will work his way back into a standard league relevant role, but I mean, he's just been hurt and he hasn't really played this preseason. I actually get, I think I get the most questions about Kevin Herter out of literally any player. Um, and I just don't care about Kevin. We Herter. talked about this a ton last year, though, that like he's a top 100 player and no one was really even owning him last year because no one wanted to watch the Hawks. And he's going to do the same thing this year. Like once he starts playing 28 to 30 minutes, he's going to be, you know, on the fringes of that top 100. And so he'd be worth owning in a standard league, but he's got to be playing those minutes. Like in 14 minutes, the only people that would be top 100 players in 14 minutes are your, your absolute superstars. <laughs> yeah, or maybe JaVale McGee or Nerlens Noel, the, the weirdos. And so I, I mean, I just, yeah. So I just don't – I know Kevin Herter is eventually going to play his way back from the injury, and he's going to be 
uh, standard league relevant, he's just not going to right now. You know what I mean? Like if it's going to take you two weeks to ramp up and you're in a head to head league and you could be streaming that spot, you're going to get a ton more value streaming that spot than you are holding Kevin Herter and him as 14 minutes a game or 20 minutes a game. I just don't think he is um, worth holding onto right now. If there's somebody on your waiver wire worth, um, worth picking up. I just, why hold on to a guy whose ceiling is 75, 70, maybe. I don't even know. Like I just, his game isn't, isn't sexy enough for me to take a a loss this week because I didn't want to drop him for PJ Washington or something like that. Um, So other than that, like Hunter is probably the only other guy on this team that I'm keeping an eye on right now. Uh, Cam Reddish looks like a trash pile. And Jabari Parker is going to do Jabari Parker stuff, which is score and not do anything else and be slow and be bad at every, he's like a worse Wiggins. And we all know how I feel about Andrew Wiggins. If you want in a standard league, if you want what Jabari Parker gives you, why not just take Derek Rose in the same game? Like if you want relative oh, Derek Rose is way Derek is Derek Rose is way better than Jabari Parker by a long so time. I mean, and, but like if you want points, like, Derrick Rose is not owned in that many leagues. Like, go pick him up. I've been saying that Derrick Rose, uh, after game one, you could tell that they kind of prefer him to carry the load with Blake Griffin out when it comes to scoring. Tonight, 25 minutes for Derrick Rose, 15 for Reggie Jackson. So uh, Derrick Rose should probably be uh, rostered in all standard leagues uh, from here until Blake Griffin gets back. And even then, I think they're going to rely on on Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose is going to play that six-man role where he scored a lot of points for the Wolves last year playing that role. You know, he comes in and Derrick Rose is still significantly better than most guys on most second unit teams. Rose has got a step. Trey Young does not play defense and he's very, he's great at offense. He's going to be a great fantasy player to have on your team. Trey Young cannot play defense. So if you got really any guard playing against Trey Young, I would 100% stream them off of uh, off the waiver wire if, if they're out there. And let's move on to the Bucks versus Houston, the game that probably everybody watched out there. Um, we kind of know what we're getting with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Houston Rockets, so I'm not sure a ton is going to stand out here. I did think um, the fact that P.J. Tucker, um, he had a really good game. He's going to have really poor games out there. Um but PJ Tucker is a top 100 player. He gets you good steals and threes. And tonight he was on. And rebounds and got- for a small forward. He's a great rebounder. He averaged like what six and a half, seven a game, which for a small forward guy, you can play a small forward is a is an advantage, right? Um, and I've been I've been beating the drum for this guy for years, right? He how he actively helps you in three categories. Now he ain't gonna score any, and he's not gonna block any shots, and he's not gonna get any assists. But you know. That's like a way to win a week in a head-to-head league is, you know, getting a guy like this when he plays, you know, three, four games and just letting him out there. And he gets you five steals and he gets you, you know, he plays four games, he gets you, you know, 25 rebounds and he gets you three three-pointers a game because he's hot and he gets you 12 threes, you know. That's how you win a week. So, yeah, I'm, I'm 100% fine with him even being rostered and held in a standard league. I think you should be um, if you're in like maybe a shallower league, like a 10 team league, uh, you might just want to play the matchups and see if you're going to need three pointers or rebounds or steals against the whoever you're going up against uh, for the coming week and, and get him on your roster for the week. 
But uh, if you're in a 12-team league, I think he should be at the bottom of your bench just kind of eating up those stats. Um, other than that, uh, Daniel House played 26 minutes. Uh, I thought that was kind of interesting for deeper leagues um, as someone on the Houston Rockets who will probably be getting good uh, good minutes at, at the very least. And then on the on the Bucks side, uh, yeah, George Hill being the number one minutes guy off the bench. I'm not a big you know George Hill fan, but the guy can play basketball and he's probably going to play quite a bit for this team. Yeah, I mean Bledsoe's working his way back from that injury too. So, I mean, I th- but he I mean last year we talked about this, right? He only played like 29 minutes. So uh, George Hill's going to take the rest of those minutes, and George Hill and Bledsoe might even share the court a little bit. So. Yeah, George Hill's fine. I mean, he's more of a streamer, though. Like, he's not going to do anything super sexy. No, he's not standard league relevant, in my opinion, unless you really just kind of need some guard stats or you think Eric Bledsoe, especially these first two weeks or so. I, I'm surprised Bledsoe's even playing in these games, to be honest. That's He's got, like, a broken, like, a cracked rib. So, like, that's pretty crazy. He only played 16 minutes, and that makes a lot of sense, dude. Like, I, don't, I just don't even know uh, why they want him out there to risk it. It's a long, long season. Wes Matthews, I thought um, – played some very respectable basketball out there. He's going to be fine. He's going to be a guy who, you know, goes in and out and in and out of your roster. Like he's going to shoot a ton of threes. So he's going to help you in that category. He gets steals. You can score, you know, 12, 13 points a game. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm fine with owning the guy like Wes Matthews, especially if I'm streaming and then, you know, dropping him and then streaming him and dropping him. Like he's, he's good at what he does. And I think we all know who Wes Matthews is by this point. I think so. Uh, the only other thing I'd mention here is uh, both Westbrook and Harden were approaching uh, double-digit assists, and so James Harden ended up with 14, Westbrook was 7. Westbrook had 16 rebounds more than Clint Capella. Harden still had 7. There is nothing to worry about here with either one of these guys. We've been saying it since the team previews. We said it in the lead-up to the, to the drafts. There's nothing to worry about with either one of these guys. They both had pretty poor shooting nights so this could be a nice little um buy low time if you're in like a casual league and there's a bunch of idiots out there who want to sell james harden for anyone i would say pretty much anybody outside of the top five i mean even if you if you want to go for harden and if with one of those other guys you know you want to trade a a towns for harden you know whatever if that's what if that fits your build better and you know some people they get a guy like towns or you know, Anthony Davis, and then they get a ton of big man, and they're like, man, I could use a guard. If Harden, if, you know, this is a bad game, which first off, like, this is a great game. The dude had, the dude was 14 for 14 in the free throw line, so he basically won you that category, um, at least for today, right? Seven rebounds, 14 assists, one, one steal, one block, 19 points. Like, that's a good game. Yeah, sure, the two for 13 hurts you. If you play three-point percentage in your league, one for eight did not help you, but he did a ton of stuff that did help you. So that's a that's a very positive game for a player. And yeah, I mean, like if that fits your build better and you want to make that trade, I'm 100 percent fine with that. Um, I would have taken James Harden with the number one pick um in pretty much any league unless the league had three point percentage. And then obviously I think you take uh Seth Curry because he's amazing and he's the best three point shooter in the the world and maybe the history of the NBA. Um but let's Go and talk about uh, Steph Curry right now. We are uh, currently uh, taping this in the middle of the Golden State Warriors-Clippers game, and uh, very early in this game, Draymond Green left with an elbow contusion. He is actually back and playing, so that's positive, but so we're going to have to monitor that as uh, this 
as the night goes along, as the rest of the week goes along, and maybe he sits out a game or two here or there. Uh, they are playing a very, very good team, and the Golden State Warriors do not really have anyone else on their team other than uh, Steph Curry, D'Angelo Russell, and um, <laughs> Draymond Green. So Kevin Looney was going to be limited uh, to 20 minutes tonight, so that makes it even worse for us to kind of understand what's going on on this team. Uh, Glenn Robinson the third got the start. He's going to start. They have no wings. They have no wings. This team's like, going to struggle. It's going to struggle, which is great if you own Steph Curry or D'Angelo Russell. I might argue that they have no wings, and other than Willie Cauley-Stein, no centers. Like They're a weird roster. Damon Green's a power forward. In my opinion, Kevon Looney's a power forward. Marquise Chris is a power forward. Amari Spellman's a power forward. Eric Paschal is a power forward. So that's five power forwards, and they've got Two, they've got three point guards, right? Evans is a point guard. Curry's a point guard. D'Angelo Russell's a point guard. So they've got all point guards and power forwards, and they forgot to get the rest of the positions. Um, obviously, one of their best players and one of the best players in the NBA, and Clay Thompson, is hurt and not going to play this year. Um, so they do have a wing there. But, yeah, it's a weird roster, and they're getting the, the doors beaten off them by the Clippers. And oh. – the Clippers are probably the best team in the league, so I'm not terribly surprised by that. They uh, returned after beating the Lakers, and they're shooting 60% from the arc uh, and 60% for the game. So they are hot. And, and they play some stifling defense, and it'll be super interesting to see this. This is, this is the thing I'm watching most with the Warriors, okay? They've got two guys that can score, and they're two fantastic scorers. But they don't have anybody else who wants to score the ball. Like Draymond Green doesn't want to shoot. Say what you want about Draymond Green. He doesn't want to shoot. Kevon Looney's not a shooter. Glenn Robinson's not a shooter. And their bench is maybe the worst in the NBA, right? So it's up it, there. Um, I mean, Jordan Poole was the only person on that second team who came out gunning, and he's one for seven right now. Yeah, so it'll be super interesting to see how these coaches, you know, the Doc Rivers and, and all these teams in the West, right, that are super good, how they game plan to stop this Warriors team. Like, can they bottle up Curry and D'Angelo Russell enough that they shoot poorly or, you know, shoot poorly for them even? And even still, like, say Curry's throwing home 30 a night and D'Angelo Russell's throwing home 25 a night. That's only 55 points where does the rest of, where does the rest of their 110 come from because like you know you gotta you gotta score 110 to win a, an nba game for the most part now like what this, this is what really surprised me about uh, a lot of preseason talk about uh, taking the over on on this team and i was like uh, pound pound the under here like they're like even though they're, they're there's still a possibility that they make the playoffs, and I think they might uh, sneak into the playoffs. It's going to be a long, hard road for them. I think they'll figure it out, but, man, they really got to get somebody who's going to set some damn screens for these dudes. And uh, even that is – they're a little hard up for that. So I think they'll be a little bit better when Willie Cauley-Stein comes back. Uh, And it'll be interesting to see how Willie Cauley-Stein ends up being in uh, sinking into this team because it kind of seems like they need Willie Cauley-Stein to like come out and play and score. And so Willie Cauley-Stein might actually be standardly uh, 
relevant uh, once he comes back. Yeah, and I, someone's got to do it. And, you know, I keep hearing, oh, well, they're going to get guys that get bought out. And it's like, what score gets bought out, though? Where's Jamal Crawford right now? Right. I mean, they could pick up someone like that, I guess. Like, they just need – and here's their problem, too. They're hard-capped. So the whole reason, like, that they had to cut Alfonso McKinney, who everyone thought was going to play, to keep Marquise Chris was he was the only one with a non-guaranteed contract. They basically can't cut anyone with a guaranteed contract. So they basically, even to pick up someone who gets bought out, they're going to have to make a trade where they basically, you know, trade somebody for nothing. And what they would do is probably like trade them with somebody a pick swap. Yeah. Or just give cash. Cash considerations, Tyler. I feel like I know a team that really likes cash considerations. I'm just like, Man, this this team worries me. And yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't ever bet against Steph Curry. Like, if they made the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised. But if this team really struggles in the Western Conference with a lot of really good teams, I I wouldn't be surprised by that either because they just their roster is their roster is three phenomenal players. Kevon Looney, I think, is fine, and the rest of it is not not playing in the rotation for most teams that are good one of the other things is that teams are going to be looking forward to beating up on them after years and years of getting their ass smoked so good luck golden state warriors really looking at the rest of this roster i cannot i'm not going to get tricked by marquise chris uh i'm not going to get tricked by any of these guys i just don't think any of them are are, are standard league relevant even with even with minutes i i, I just don't see it I know, and someone, I'll say this, right? The caveat that someone might surprise us and take a step forward because they need someone to take a step forward, but I don't think we know who that is. And um, from what I've seen so far, I wouldn't be banking on any of them. I'll keep an eye. I'll keep an eye out, but it's only it's only going to be a side eye. There's other teams like the Heat and the Hornets that I, I'm, and even the Knicks that I'm much more interested in what they're going to do with that rotation, even though Fizdale is, the, is an idiot and will just Fizdale you right out of competing for any week. So do not trust the physical big nine game slate on Friday. Um, ah, I will ask if there is anything that you are looking forward to in that large number of games. Um, obviously there's a lot of angles you can go with this. So anything. Well, I feel like we've at least gotten a good look at every team at this point. Uh, I'm going to definitely tune into Phoenix to see what they do with the rotation there with uh, Aiden gone. Um, I Playing do Denver, that in Denver, that game could get ugly in a hurry, man. That game could be um, the, the good old whitewash. Really ugly. I didn't give OK City a good look, so I, I'll probably take a peek into that game as well. Um, I'll say this: they're playing Washington and. Man, Washington's up there for one of the worst teams in the league this year. So um, I can see that game kind of be getting to be a blowout a bit too, just because, um, yeah, they got Bradley Beal, who's amazing and one of the top probably 20 players in the NBA. And then they've got not a lot else. Thomas Bryant looked fine. Hachimura looked okay. But other than that, man, they looked rough. They played the Mavericks for his game. I watched uh, every second of that, and they did not look great. 
I want to see Dallas not playing in not playing in a blowout against uh, the Pelicans. So that and just see the also see what the Pelicans do. Not that they're Pelicans a little bit more are, comfortable. Are an team, um, in the sense that they're playing a lot. They're playing fairly small, right? They they started Redick and Holiday and Alonzo uh, Ball. So they're kind of a, an interesting creating some interesting matchups with Brandon Ingram with the four and you know Derek Favors starting and, and they've played a, a ton of small ball in that first game. So that that's kind of interesting to see um how teams match up against that so that's, that's probably the stuff i'm going to be uh watching on friday and i think that's it for uh the games tonight uh this is week one so we are just going to be doing reviews of all the games we'll be doing the box scores and starting in week two we'll get back to our regularly scheduled programming of weekly previews waiver wires and hot and cold players along with any of those quick hits that might come out uh, you can find those on this podcast uh, stream this weekend, next week, if there are any quick hits that need to be be hit. But then after that, they'll be exclusively on patreon.com slash watching the boxes. And we also might have a, a special announcement here in a few weeks, but I'm only going to hint at that. So you stay tuned. Uh, Tyler, where can people find you on Twitter? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler P. Watts. Find me at Watch the Boxes. If you like the show, please rate and review us or go to patreon.com slash watching the boxes to support the show. And we will see you very soon for the next slate of games. Have a great night, everybody.